ask me what I'm drinking. What are you drinking? My favorite fall adult beverage. You want to know what it is? Yeah. It is warm apple cider with a shot of fireball whiskey. What? It's delicious. I can't do fireball. Oh my god, it goes down so smooth for me. <laughs> I it gives me heartburn like smelling it, so. Ooh. Yeah, it's very um it's spicy. It's acidic. But it's fucking great. Yeah. I mean, it's beyond that it sounds good. I love apple cider. Like my favorite thing is um in the uh well, in the times pre-corona, uh Shram's farm would do like a uh it's like a big pumpkin festival Mm -hmm. and there's all this food and it's great time, but they have apple cider slushies. You love a slushie. (laughs) I love myself a slushie. I, I will always get a slushie. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be alcoholic either. I just love a fucking slushie. And I'm not talking about like the ones you get at the gas station. Like, yeah, those aren't that good. They're just, they're mm. honestly, it's like Kool-Aid over ice. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm talking about like a quality slushie. So, yeah, I do. We were driving home from uh, Gettysburg, um, and I, like, you'd have thought there an animal ran out in front of the road because I saw a sign that said apple cider slushies, and they had peach apple cider slushies. And I was like, what? <laughs> what the? So is that, like, apple cider with, like, peach flavoring in it? Like, yeah. Oh, okay. And it was the best. Um, well, this is so fucking good because the apple cider, honestly, it really cuts down on the, like, the severity of the fireball it's so yummy ask me what i'm drinking what you drinking (laughs) a fucking propel water because i'm a dehydrated bitch (laughs) is it spiked with truly no i I actually cannot get on the truly white claw bandwagon me neither i don't like it it's just it tastes like carbonation that's it with it with it tastes like someone dragged a strawberry through some carbonation see i love seltzer water i fuck with that all day long Mm -mm. i don't like the hard seltzer though oh man i need to untangle myself oh that's right you love liqua i uh, i love the aldi the fucking aldi version my shit i'll drink that all day yeah no not for me not but, for me yeah, just tastes like pain the the alcohol in the hard seltzer though it has like this weird aftertaste to me and i've tried to like it and i just don't yeah that's fair just give me a good old-fashioned ten dollar bottle of pinot yeah that's all i need in this life yeah it gets you through yeah it sure does especially nowadays i'm feeling so much pre-election anxiety uh, it's not anxiety it's fucking dread it's fear it's it's absolutely yeah. fear-based yeah um yeah i i can't even talk about that i know oh yeah i i don't suggest that we do um i'm just telling you my feelings oh no 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 i i was trying to come up with something witty to say back and my brain just did like the windows <laughs> shut down noise it was like no bitch you emotionally can't handle that right now it's just, just like, acknowledge like, and uh, move on uh, uh, yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> like uh, like all the fucking like uh alarm lights are going off in my brain like no no we're gonna we're gonna have a catastrophic meltdown just back stop up, back up yeah <laughs> but i acknowledge your feelings thanks as i am feeling them as well and we can suffer together okay i don't know who i don't know who isn't 
this is like the only time I would ever envy someone with like fucking aphasia or not aphasia um amnesia maybe aphasia Mm -hmm. is where I don't know I don't know what I'm saying but like maybe I am maybe I am fucking demented I don't know um but I, I kind of like don't I kind of envy people who just don't fucking they're not in this reality yeah I'm like can I join you it would be nice mm-hmm. speaking of that we we were talking about numbers dyslexia and i know that i have it but i couldn't remember the name of what it is it's called dyscalculia Ooh. um that sounds like a and that was, superhero. it does it almost sounds like a pretty name too but it's not a pretty uh learning disability to have it's like so. a, it sounds like kind of like a villain yeah yes yes i could see i like that i can get behind that Uh, that can be the answer to the question i was about to pose to you okay yeah what was your icebreaker sorry um i was gonna say like what would be if you could money were no object if like you could get your hands on any materials what like what would be your halloween costume like your ideal halloween costume Hmm. like would it be would it be like super gory? Would it be like kind of like otherworldly? Would it be what? What would it be? Definitely otherworldly. Like I love a gory costume. Don't get me wrong, but I also fucking hate the feeling of latex on my skin, Whoa. and I have like um, reactions to it when it's on me for too long. So like I couldn't probably achieve a gory look without giving myself a physical reaction. Um. So I'm going to go with like otherworldly, like some kind of fae creature, like a dark fae or something like that would be kind of cool. Um, Is a fae like a fairy? Yeah. Okay. Um, Like something like that, maybe. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Something like crazy, like with cool wings and like uh, horns and shit. Like that'd be really cool. I like gory costumes are cool and I think the makeup would be really it's it's really awesome like when people do it well but it's also just sort of like it's not super creative to me do you know what I mean it depends and it depends on like who who is doing the because I've seen some beautifully done and for me I mean beautiful is still gory but like just some amazingly done special effects makeup and I dabble in that shit so I really enjoy it and I know like the artistry that goes into it so maybe that's the difference I I don't even mean like the makeup I mean just like like you're just like what like a you're just a bloodied up person like I, I like a I like a costume that's been like very like thought out you know what I mean okay no that makes sense I the ones that I'm talking about have been like uh, from like horror movies. They've like dressed up as like a creature from those horror movies. It's all gory and like special effects makeup. You know what I mean? Or like um, a really I love me a really good zombie. Like yeah, yeah, a good zombie is pretty cool. Did, and I did you f with that? Uh, I don't know why I'm not saying fuck. Did you fuck with uh, Face Off that show? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Joe and I have quite been, like, a fan. We've been watching some reruns of it, and holy shit, is that fucking cool? Yeah, like, I just, so that's, I guess that's why, like, I really like gory, some gory stuff if it's done really well. Like, it takes a lot of time and effort. And, like, 
I love themed zombies. So we went to the zombie walk one year and someone went as the Disney princesses, but zombified. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, like, I like so good. I, I do like a good like theme, like a good um, I love a really good homemade costume. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think I think mine would probably be. Um, I really like that idea, like something that's usually like really beautiful and like whimsical, but then kind of like all goried up. Yeah, yeah. Like a, I don't know, for some reason, like a like a zombie Tinkerbell's coming to my mind. <laughs> That'd be really cool. Ooh, I just thought of like a um a mermaid that like when you look at first, it's really really beautiful, right? Mm-hmm like from a distance especially but then you get up close and they have like fangs and like black blood in their mouth and shit like that that'd be sick Ooh, uh we were watching an episode of face off where they what was the theme it was like they had to design um like the four henchmen for the end of the world for like the apocalypse oh yeah yeah um and they they each designed one of the four but then they were in a group so like all four of them you know there were like four people per group and they'd each design one and it, it kind of okay. like go along with the same theme and it was okay fucking awesome that's really cool it was so cool the the amount of work it goes into special effects makeup is just phenomenal i know i wish they would well i don't they might have spent more time like explaining this when the show was first on because we were watching like pretty late like you know later seasons but i don't know how much time they get at each like phase yeah i'm not sh- i don't know if they explain that at the beginning or not okay yeah i wasn't sure because like i could see that taking all fucking day well you have to think like people on movie sets like they sometimes they're in makeup for fucking 12 hours before they even fucking start recording yeah you know they would have to sometimes they have to like you know they they sculpt something they have to let it like harden Mm -hmm. they they have to then paint it do like it's 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 nuts yeah yeah Mm, halloween man i love it it is good. Good shit. It's very good shit. I should, me and Joe should be like a zombie, like Carol Baskin and Joe Exotic. That'd be funny as fuck. That would be really I almost funny. said her late husband, but I didn't because it was kind of fucked up. But I guess I just did now. So <laughs> he's just, I just don't think that person would be as fun to dress up as. But Just carry around a bag of bones with you like a human oh, skeleton. See if you can get some like teeth marks on it for the tigers. Yeah, like Carol, like Carol Baskin and Joe Exotic, like mauled by tigers. Oh my god, that'd be funny. That'd be we did hilarious. So one year, because we used to do the zombie walks every year, and it was like a really big deal, and we'd always do like themes because I love I love a theme. So one year we did Bonnie and Clyde. Mm, nice. Uh, we actually shot our costumes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! You've sh- I've either seen that while creeping or you've showed it to me. <laughs> yeah, and like I got as close to a dress as I could for her, but they're not easy to thrift to find like something that's authentic. And I didn't necessarily want to shoot something that I made. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we actually took took guns and shot them, so it looked more real, and it was a good time. Cool. But yeah, zombie costumes can be a lot of fun. Yeah, they definitely can be because you can really just make yourself look fucking ugly. 
Yeah, yes. There was this one guy who was a clown and like he essentially took a uh you know those skull caps that people put on to make them not have like hair and make them look bald. Like a bald, yeah. He took that and kind of like wrapped it up to where his eyes, nose and mouth were mm. and like latexed around it and then he had just all this like meat right where his eyes, nose and mouth were and I was like, "Bro, how are you breathing right now?" But it looked like his face got ripped off. It was really fucking cool. That's, I have a picture of it somewhere. That's pretty dope. But yeah, it was, it was, there was some really, really good, um, you know, uh, costumes at the zombie walk. So, so uh, yeah. we're probably going to like our, our friends that have, um, that have kids, um, they're, they're not comfortable with like them trick or treating, which I get. So I think they're just gonna do like a like a party with people that they know have been like not being shits that they've seen right blah 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 and we we've seen them a couple of times and uh, I, I want to like I really just want to scare the shit out of some kids I want to make yes. a really good costume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we used to do that we'd we'd have a, like a competition on my block with uh, the scariest house and we'd do some crazy shit to scare kids and kids would be too scared to come get candy from our house. Oh yeah, uh when I was a kid, we had this, you know, you know those just you have that creepy house in your neighborhood. Yeah. Like either the family's kind of weird or the house is just creepy or you never see anyone coming and going, whatever it is. These people were just like kind of fucking weird. And on Halloween, this one guy, he like dressed up like a clown and he was like running around the block with a fucking ch- like running a chainsaw. Mm. I'm like, bro. <laughs> that's real like that's really good yeah that was pretty uh fucking traumatizing oh i love that i love it (laughs) if you didn't run away screaming from my house i wasn't successful (laughs) so (laughs) um do you have any uh corrections i don't think so okay i don't think i do either um yeah all right well you want me to tell you a story? I do. Tell me a story. Okay. So, have you ever heard of the Chicago Tylenol killings? Yes. That's what I'm going to tell you about. Yes. Okay. Very, very excited. Fascinating. Very, uh, very kooky. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited for this. Um. All right. So, on September 29th, 1982, 12-year-old... Mary Kellerman um, of Elk Grove Village, Illinois, died after taking a capsule of extra strength Tylenol. Adam Janice, 27, of Arlington Heights, Illinois, died in the hospital later that day after ingesting Tylenol. And his brother Stanley, 25, and sister-in-law Teresa, 19, of Lyle, Illinois, um, later also died after taking the Tylenol from the same bottle. Uh, Within the next few days, Mary McFarland, 31, of Elmhurst, Illinois, Paula Prince, 35, of Chicago, and Mary Reiner of Winfield all met the same fate. Hmm. Um, And they were 31, 35, and 27, respectively. So very young people. I mean, and the youngest was 12, which is just like, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, absolutely. Like, super shitty. (laughs) Um. So when the authorities realized that they had all taken the same medication, tests were done, like, really rapidly, and it soon revealed that cyanide was present in the capsules. 
So warnings were then issued via the media and patrols using loudspeakers, warning residents throughout the Chicago area to discontinue use of Tylenol products. Let me just say, I would be positively shitting my pants. Yeah. Yes. And you know what? I was thinking about this, like, how, if not for social media, like, how would everyone know to wear a mask? Like, sure, there would be the news and there would be, like, posting and stuff uh, on stores. But So I, I considered that before because, like, with the Spanish flu and everything, like, there are photos of people wearing masks. Right. And, like, I, I mean, you have to think, though, back then, the communication was very different so a lot of word of mouth like Mm -hmm. the newspaper you know maybe even radio was there radio in 1918 honestly i I don't know the answer that i want to say that might be too early but like either way like newspapers i mean calling each other writing each other you know it it is kind of shocking to think that there could be people who have no fucking but then again there could have been radio at that time Yep. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't sure. Yeah, if it there looks like was the very late 1800s is when it kind of started. Yeah. Happening. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess like, and I guess maybe even. I mean, here like, I just, I just. Uh, oh, never mind. I thought it was actually. I found like a a reading from the uh, 1918 flu, but I didn't. It was just people reading it. And I mean, like with this this disaster with the Tylenol, which was on, which was has been in the last like what 30 35 years um they had police using loudspeakers i mean that is just you would really feel like (laughs) the world was ending like can you imagine yeah Yeah. i i was just i was like super startled uh by that um so police quickly were able to rule out manufacturers as the cause of the poisoning because the bottles came from different uh, farm companies and the seven deaths had all occurred in the Chicago area. So sabotage during production was ruled out. Um, Instead, the police determined that they were likely looking for a person um, or, you know, maybe a small group who uh, was believed to have acquired the bottles of Tylenol from different retail stores and they concluded the source was most likely supermarkets, drugstores over a period of many weeks, with the culprit likely adding the cyanide to the capsules, then methodically returning to the stores to place the bottles um, back on the inventory. Mm. So in addition to the five bottles that led to the victim's death, uh, three other contaminated bottles were discovered later. Um, so obviously Johnson and Johnson, the company behind Tylenol, they faced a PR shitstorm, um, and they distributed warnings to hospitals, distributors, and they halted Tylenol production and advertising. On October fifth, nineteen eighty-two, uh, Johnson and Johnson issued a nationwide recall of Tylenol products. An estimated thirty-one million bottles were in circulation, with a retail value. Ooh. Of over a hundred million dollars, just two hundred and sixty-five million um, as of two thousand nineteen. Like in oh, oh. yeah, in two thousand nineteen, money. <laughs> Holy shit! Like a fuck ton of money. Yeah. Uh, the company advertised in the national media for individuals not to consume any of its products that contained 
acetam acetam I can never pronounce that acetaminophen acetaminophen (laughs) I was like aspartame what are we talking about here acetaminophen you got it (laughs) um after it was determined that only these capsules had been tampered with um Johnson and Johnson also offered to exchange all Tylenol capsules that were already purchased uh by the public for the solid tablets uh, their response was applauded, and they actually, this, now, this, <laughs> they actually, so before this happened, they were actually, like, tanking in the stock market. And after hmm. this happened, and they had this PR, like, blitz, and they handled it well, they did better than, like, ever. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking. <laughs> Fucking conspiracy theory. <laughs> I just needed to hear you say it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking it. So I'll get into a little more of that later because I came up with that organically, but I'm like, you know, I Googled it because I'm like, you know, some yeah. motherfucker thinks the same thing as I do. So more to come on that. So okay. the suspects, so the, during the initial investigations, a man named James William Lewis sent a letter to Johnson and Johnson demanding a million dollars to stop the cyanide um, induced murders identified via fingerprints and the envelope used police were unable to link him with the crimes and he and his wife were living in new york city at the time he was however convicted of extortion which like rightfully so and he served 13 years of a 20-year sentence and was paroled in 95 it's Hmm. like dude what the fuck i why would you say you did such a goddamn thing like they're gonna find you Right, exactly. Um, A second man named Roger Arnold was identified, investigated, and cleared of the murders. He had a nervous breakdown due to the media attention, which he blamed Mm -hmm. on Marty Sinclair, a bar owner. Um, So I'm guessing that, like, Marty was, like, just talking mad shit about Roger, and he flipped out. Um, In the summer of 1983, Arnold shot and killed john stanisha an unrelated man but he thought it was sinclair the bar owner and they didn't even know each other (laughs) yeah so arnold was convicted in january of 84 and served 15 years of a 30-year sentence for second degree murder he died in june 2008 wow Lori dan who poisoned and shot an unknown number of people in a May 1988 rampage in and around Winnetka, Illinois, was briefly considered as a a suspect, but no direct connection was found. Okay. So in early 83, um, the FBI... Oh, I'm sorry, wait. In In early 1983, at the FBI's request, the Chicago Tribune columnist... Bob Green published the address and grave location of the first and youngest victim, Mary Kellerman. That was the 12-year-old. Okay. I find this really fucked up, too. Mm-hmm. The story was written with the with her family's consent and was proposed by the F- FBI criminal analyst John Douglas on the theory that the perpetrator might visit the house or gravesite if he were made aware of their locations. Both sites were kept under constant surveillance for many months, but the killer did not surface. That's fucking weird. Yeah. Like, okay, I could see that theory if it was a very, like, personal 
killing where the murderer knew the person but he didn't fucking whoever this was didn't care who it was right so like why would they go to a, the gravesite maybe i maybe to like witness the damage they had done I I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I just think... We couldn't really return, like, because they, they say, like, you know, they killers return to the scene of the crime. Yeah. Couldn't really return to the scene of the crime, but he could sure as shit visit a tombstone. I just find that very... I mean, the family consented, so whatever. I'm sure they were, like, willing to try anything right. to get the person caught. But I just find that very strange. Just for this kind of crime. Yeah, I mean, I, I can I can definitely get that, but at the same time, at that point, do whatever you can. Yeah, they were just trying everything. I, I get that. Yeah. Um, so a surveillance photo of Paula Prince, who is one of the victims, purchasing a cyanide-tampered Tylenol at a Walgreens, um, was released by the Chicago Police Department. Police believe that a bearded man seen just feet behind Prince may be the killer. Which, like, on what grounds... Right. That bearded man might have just been, like, shopping. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, okay, you guys are really reaching. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, like, that poor bearded man was like, dude, I'm just fucking buying a greeting card for my mother. Yeah, just let me, just let me do my shit. Thank you. Let me live. In early January 2009, Illinois authorities renewed the investigation. Federal agents searched the home of Lewis in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and seized a number of items. In Chicago, an FBI spokesman declined to comment but said, we'll have something to release later, possibly. Law enforcement officials have received a number of tips related to the case coinciding with its anniversary. On May 19, 2011, the FBI requested DNA samples from the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski. So Kaczynski, the Unabomber, denied having ever possessed potassium cyanide. The first four Unabomber crimes happened in Chicago and its suburbs from 78 to 80. And Kaczynski's parents had a suburban Chicago home in Lombard, Illinois, in 1982, where he stayed occasionally. So, like, to me, that's a more promising lead. Yeah, yeah. Because that was kind of the Unabomber's M.O. was like sending shit, like doing tons of damage, but not being face to face with anyone. Right. So I could see that. That um, would make more sense. Yeah. Yeah. It would make more sense than just like a random bearded guy that was picked up in the surveillance tape or, you know, like their fucking weird ass theory about a killer going to a gravesite. Right. So after this, there were a bunch of copycats. Um, so three more deaths occurred in 1986 from tampered gelatin capsules a woman died in yonkers new york after ingesting extra strength tylenol capsules laced with cyanide excedrin cap capsules in washington state were tampered with resulting in the deaths of susan snow and bruce nickel from cyanide poisoning and the eventual arrest and conviction of nickel's wife stella for her intentional actions in the crimes and connect and connected to both murders Hmm. I wonder if I wonder if Susan and Bruce were banging. Maybe. Like maybe. maybe. And Stella's like, hell no, I'm poisoning you motherfuckers. <laughs> you got a headache? Well, you're dead. You got a headache? Have some fucking arsenic, bitch. <laughs> have some death. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. 
Oh my god. Yes. That's all I can imagine now is fucking <laughs> Here, honey. Oh, sorry. you have a headache? Oh, you got a headache? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, not I mean, it was I mean, they were capsules, right? So it was a significant amount of arsenic in one one how, pill. Yeah, but like how do you get those open? Oh, I pull them apart all the time. Oh, is it really? Not it's that me. Bad? I'm the arsenic killer. Not really. I'm just kidding. It was but it's um, she wasn't even born. I wasn't even born yet. Her embryo um, did it. It's like Ted Cruz being the Zodiac killer. So, theory. Um, don't care. <laughs> but yeah. So next time you have a capsule pill, try and pull it apart. I do take like a vitamin thingy. That's kind of mm-hmm. capsule form. Okay. They pull apart fairly easy. You can also just buy empty capsules and fill them up. Oh, that's true, but you'd have to, like, match it, like, you know? Yeah, I mean, that would be more difficult to do, but, like, they could definitely pull apart a Tylenol capsule. But then, like, it wouldn't be that hard. No, it's just as easy. To put it back together? Yeah, I want you to, like, go get one and try it now. Shit, I might have to. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Um, some of these types of copycats also happen at the University of Texas, where Kenneth Ferris was found dead in his apartment after cyanide poison. Um, so yeah, this motherfucker really inspired a lot of different, uh, copycat killers too. So that's great. Yeah, it's lovely. Um, <sighs> all right. So here's the DNA part. So... Like I mentioned briefly before, James Lewis, the primary suspect, uh, he had been forced by a judge in 2010 to surrender DNA samples to investigators. No one's ever been charged in the poisonings that left the seven people dead. Um, and, and this really affected, like, the whole country. I, I'm actually really, I, I do I need to ask my parents, like, what... If they remember. Yeah, if they remember, um, if if that affected because i mean i'm from ohio so like that's only a couple states over i mean it's not right yeah i just wonder if i just wonder what that was like yeah yeah and to not be able to get tylenol yeah so at that time in 2010 lewis is 63 his wife leanne went to um they both went to a closed hearing at the middlesex superior court Wednesday, oh, I'm sorry, that's from a news article, Wednesday is irrelevant, um, but they went there to determine whether they have to submit uh, to the grand jury subpoena, according to sources uh, very close to the case. The judge ordered them to comply with the subpoena, and both James and Leanne ended up turning over the samples like they're supposed to. And uh, Lewis, so like I said, Lewis did spend 13 years in prison for the extortion, um, and he admitted to writing the letters to Johnson and Johnson, but then he tries to backtrack and he's like, no, I didn't. And I don't, I don't believe he, re- he did do it, but it's like, then he's trying to say that he's like maintaining his innocence. He's like, they won't find anything. He goes, I could tell you how Julius Caesar was killed, but that doesn't mean that I was the killer. And but that's like fucking OJ saying, I didn't do it, but if I did, here's how I would do it. No, seriously, that that honestly is he when he was asked um about like these drawings that he did, 
Um, he claimed that he was trying to be a good citizen by giving authorities sketches depicting how someone might go about doing this. Okay. It's like, um, even if you didn't do it, I'm still concerned that you, like, put that much thought into this, you fucking loony bird. So, in the present day, um... So, so basically, in 2015, the authorities made public that Lewis's DNA, they, it didn't match any, any evidence from the poisonings. Um, so that, that was a dead end. But the reason I found this story was because I was looking at, I was looking for, like, Halloween-themed murders. Yeah. And, or, I'm, or, like, Halloween-themed, like, DNA stories or murders, whatever it is. Um, and what came up was this article about how 38 years ago the um trick-or-treating wasn't happening in that in the chicago area because everyone was so nervous about this and it kind of like parallels today even though now it's like a nationwide thing that probably a lot of communities won't be doing trick-or-treat or the parents won't be comfortable with it so that's kind of what um how i found this is there's uh this 38 30th anniversary uh, anniversary of the tylenol case um which has been called one of the world's most puzzling unsolved crimes yeah so i heard about it on uh my favorite murder mm-hmm. um and i just was gonna say at least this year they're gonna be worried about a pandemic and not the falsity of someone giving your kids drugs <laughs> right exactly so uh one yeah. woman in this article that i found um karen listener she said that she remembers surviving the sugarless halloween of 1982 that's funny she said oh that my god like everyone had um signs on their door saying it was too dangerous so i thought <laughs> over some tylenol over some tylenol yeah you giving out some tylenol for trick-or-treat right like <laughs> what the fuck I can't. I, oh my god! I think everyone was just like, so. So you're telling me that trick or treat isn't going to happen because of the Tylenol poisonings, but motherfuckers are protesting because it's not happening because of a fucking pandemic oh, right, right now. Mm-hmm. The fucking okay. Yeah, it really does kind of show that like people have gotten dumber over time. Dumber and very privileged. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's, wow. Um, this one nurse, Helen Jensen, she responded to three of the poisoning deaths. She calls this, um, one of, like, one of the times in American history where we, quote, lost our innocence, and she says that this is one of the first acts of terrorism. Hmm. I'm like, damn, Helen. Okay. Yeah, she has some strong fucking feelings about that. I mean, that'd be crazy to be a nurse responding to that. That's yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so this this case obviously led to a lot of changes in the pharmaceutical industry. Um, this is where the tamper resistant packaging started. Um, the seals, like when you open the lid, improved quality control methods. Um. So that's like that's why we have all of that, which it's super shitty because it's like we never we never think of that stuff until we have to. Um, right, yeah. But there so <laughs> okay. Here's the conspiracy theory idea that I love. 
So a former Johnson & Johnson employee, Scott Bartz, uh, wrote The Tylenol Mafia. He claims that these actually took place in the company's production and distribution channels. So Bartz, who lives in New Jersey, also says that the makers of Tylenol and federal agencies steered the investigation in the wrong way um, to avoid liability. Uh, Bartz tells, uh, told the Daily Herald that he spent three and a half years doing research for the book, which um, I believe was released. Oh, shoot. I'm not sure in what year it was released, but it's been pretty it's been recently in the last probably like five years or so. Um, the web the website for his book indicates that the book has gained um, attention from a right-wing political group called Restore the Republic, which also devotes uh, extended attention to alleged secret societies and conspiracy theories about the New World Order and various other subjects and survivalism. So he has, be shit. he has a great, a great, a great following. <laughs> um, but I mean, I will say that. So he was not, he was let go on not the greatest of terms, he said, but the, the interviewer says that he, he seemed very credible. He's done a lot of research and what kind of blows my mind is that like they really were that company was not doing well before all this happened right and then this happens and like their shit skyrockets <laughs> oh my god yeah it is crazy um so just here's just a couple of questions from this article that i read with an interview between this guy um so the interview asked, what would you say are the biggest mistakes investigators made and how easy would it be to correct those errors now? He says, instead of confiscating and inspecting the Tylenol capsules from Chicago stores, investigators turn them over to Johnson & Johnson. They treated it like a product recall, not a crime scene. In addition, all of the capsules that Chicago area residents turned over to local police departments were then shipped to Johnson & Johnson. Less than 1% of the extra-strength Tylenol capsules in the Chicago-area marketplace at the time of the poisonings were inspected. This mistake cannot be corrected because Johnson & Johnson destroyed the capsules. Huh. Right? Isn't that kind of crazy? And he goes... Wait, is this the, the loony guy that came up with this theory? This uh, this is the, the ex-employee of Johnson & Johnson. Oh, okay. Sorry. I was like, wait, what? No, I thought we agreed he was not okay. Sorry. No, no, no. This isn't the. It, you thought this was the accused guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is an actual employee who is, or an ex-employee who has written um, this book. Okay. Okay. Sorry. So investigators, he also says that investigators immediately targeted uh, two dozen people as suspects and then set out to build cases against them. Investigators should have followed the leads that would have led to legitimate suspects it's too late now to correct this error the damage to the falsely accused has been done and most of the physical evidence has been destroyed any potential dna evidence was contaminated in 1982 by barehanded lab workers who handled yeah. the contaminated bottles and capsules over and over again <sighs> yep 
um, his last point on this question is that investigators, he says investigators initially misinterpreted the relevance of the cyanide-laced extra-strength Tylenol capsules in Mary Reiner's bottle of regular-strength Tylenol. At some point, investigators must have realized that they had screwed up, but they kept that knowledge to themselves. This error can be cor- can be corrected if officials admit that they made a mistake and release all documents related to the Reiner case. Right, right, because that's going to happen. But that is crazy that they that there was extra strength Tylenol in Mary Reiner's bottle of regular strength Tylenol. Right, like why were there that? That's not right. Like that was no. clearly an error. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> y- yeah, the, it's it's really it's really wild. He, he talks about how there was like um, a lot of mishandlings in the repackaging facilities at Johnson and Johnson, and in like the actual um, in the actual process of like distributing and and all the things it takes to you know get the pills from not existing to in the bottle and on the shelves right Um, so it's it's wild i i kind of i do kind of wonder about it um but it it sucks because it's it's not solved the the police force there insists that it's still an ongoing investigation i'm just like sure i mean yeah because i'm sure you're looking at that every fucking day every day and it's been like almost 40 years <laughs> oh my god yeah so um the sources that i used were a lot of chicago local papers and uh, local sites so there's a chicago um, cbs website abc uh abc7chicago.com abcnews.com uh, the Wikipedia page and the Chicago Reader is um, where this interview uh, was talked about with this man that wrote the book. Nice. Yeah. So that was a quite a doozy. Yeah, it absolutely was. That was really good. Thanks. And you, I was, when you said you weren't thrilled, I was like, but you said the Tylenol murders. I was like, what do you mean? I, I feel like, I, I guess, I, I don't really like when stories aren't resolved. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. Like last week's episode, like, I'm still mulling over it. The fact that none of the bodies have been identified. Like, yeah, I think that was part of it. And that's not, obviously, that's not anything about me, like putting the story no. together. I just, I just don't like when there's not a yeah when there's not a solution and um i wasn't sure if i it's hard to know if you've researched completely you know what i mean yeah yeah because you're like "Ah, i hope i didn't like miss anything um so yeah i just didn't i wanted it i wanted to do that one well because i figured one that you'd heard of it and that a lot of people have heard of it yeah yeah that was really good good job um Hmm. Padded room. Um. Oh, yeah. So I have been watching "I'll Be Gone in the Dark." Oh. Oh. Is it good? It's yes. Um, I don't get scared of like talks of murder, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is very—it's very disturbing. 
Uh, if you guys don't know, it's uh, it's about the Golden State Killer and about Michelle McNamara, who's like a journalist and kind of like a web sleuth who really did a lot of work to expose the killer. And I forget the bastard's name because he was very recently like discovered, discovered through DNA. Yeah, through DNA. Um, but it's really good. And did you know M- Michelle McNamara died? No. Yeah, she had like it was a sudden, a very sudden death. Um, Joseph James not- D'Angelo Jr. Ugh. Sorry, I just needed yeah, to, he him. his name needed to be out there because he's a piece of shit. But okay, he is a piece of shit. Um, yeah, she died in 2016. Um, and it was I want to say it was like a some kind of embolism or something. Wow. Um, no, I didn't did know, you know that. that she was married to um I didn't fucking know this to his I would never have known this name to hear it, but Patton Oswalt, he's like a comedian. Yeah, yeah, I know Patton Oswalt. I did not know that they were married. Oh my god, my heart just broke. That was so like he, I didn't realize that that was his wife because he talks very publicly about his struggles with her passing away and everything and like right? doesn't that blow your mind? Oh my god! Oh, isn't that sad? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what was her cause of death. It was something very sudden. Oh. Um, and her book ended up coming out, I think, after she died. Oh, so she didn't even get to see all that hard work go to... Yeah, but I think she knows. I believe yeah, she knows. I'm sure. I'm sure she does. What did she die of? Ugh, I know. And, like, they were so... They they were a very... He's in the, he's in the documentary. And you can tell that they, like, were just so, like, smitten with each other. Yeah. Even after all that, all that time. Oh my god. That's yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that was his wife. Oh fuck. It says that it was an accidental overdose. How? Oh my god, I didn't know that. I thought it was like Oh, oh different drugs mixing together. Adderall, Xanax, fentanyl. Oh. And oh and and uh cardiovascular disease was a contributing factor. That's so sad. That is, wow, so sad. <sighs> oh yeah, it, it's really, it's really good. It it does show some footage of her, which is like very heart wrenching to me because you know it's just like it, he was finally found, and it, it's she worked, she worked so hard. Yeah, I mean, I'm. She knows. She has to know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she made it happen. Like that's at the end of the day, that's that's the fact i mean yeah it wouldn't wouldn't have happened without her right paul holes is on it oh he's nice (laughs) he's so cute he's adorable i'll have to watch it Uh, yeah especially if we ever do that um if we ever cover that which will have to be probably like a (laughs) two-parter yeah and it's gonna have to be both of us doing it because oh boy um but yeah well that's a good padded room yeah it's very good it's on um it's on hbo nice so yeah it's a it's good it's disturbing as fuck (laughs) 
but it's yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been watching Monsterland on Hulu. Okay. Um, it's very good. Essentially, it's like people deal with real life monsters, and sometimes they're not actually monsters, but essentially, it's like the monsters are real life underlying issues that are going on or like um i don't want to give anything away so i can't give you an example but like can you give me just one example uh, i don't know what you mean the this there is an episode where they deal with real life issues is what i'm trying to say okay. and those real life issues are the monsters essentially that are presenting themselves Okay. So, like, some of the episodes are like that. Like, there's one where uh, this woman is in New Orleans and she just married this guy, this doctor, and her son, he takes her son to go to the bathroom and he comes running back and he's crying and freaking out and says there's this black-eyed monster that chased him, like, chased him to her. And he had black eyes and sharp teeth and blah, blah, blah. And, like, later on you find out – I'm going to spoil this episode. Okay. Um. That the monster was actually her husband and he was a pedophile. I was guessing that you were going to say something like that. Yeah. And, like, it comes out that he molested his patients. And then, like, it comes out that the little boy actually tried to tell her that what he had done whenever she picked him up in the French Quarter. Um, But she tuned it out. So is it like like one of those shows, kind of like Black Mirror, where every Kind of. Or does it all, like, follow, like, the same storyline? No, it doesn't follow the same storyline. It's like Black Mirror, but sometimes you'll see characters cross, like, one of the characters crossed into that episode from a different episode. Um, So it's really good, though. Um, Really well done. I'll have to check that out, because me and Joe have been looking for a new show. Yeah, I really, I really liked it. And then there was another one that I just finished. Oh, I finished Ratchet. Oh, okay. I was, I was like wondering about that it was really good okay it was Um, it was very good have you ever watched russian doll i so listen i started to watch it um because it was right up my fucking alley Mm -hmm. and i fucking love uh natasha leone and i couldn't get into it oh man I only made it like through an episode and a half and I was like, what the fuck? And I couldn't. So I'm going to have to try again because I hear great again. things. Maybe try again. Is it too, is it just too like Groundhog Day? Yeah, I think that's what it was. And I was just like, I can't fucking follow it. I might have also just been having a really bad like ADHD day. Sometimes I have to do that with shows like I'll be having a bad day and I'm trying to focus and watch it and I just fucking can't. Maybe try again because it is kind of like it's very repetitive in the first couple episodes, right? Um, but it does get really good. I've already watched it, but I just decided to like rewatch it because I love it so much. Nice. Okay. So, yeah. um, I just yeah, maybe try because it's okay. Really good. Um, the final season of Shit's Creek is on Netflix now. So. I already watched it. Did you watch the last episode? Yeah. How sad am I gonna ball? Am I gonna I still haven't watched it. I've watched this the the whole show over about six times since it ended. So No, I don't think it it all ends happily. I, I hate the endings of things. So yeah. I find it very just like, oh, like you don't want it to be over. 
it's really funny because I was watching, you know, I told you I've been like watching Degrassi and um, I didn't realize that Dan Lev- Dan Levy was on Degrassi. What the fuck? I didn't either. And so was the guy who plays Patrick. What? Yeah, he was in an episode or two. No, I had no idea. And uh, Stacey Farber played Rachel and Stacey Farber was on Degrassi too. What? Yeah. So there's like three people so far from Degrassi that were on Shit's Creek. Wow, that's pretty mind blowing. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, that so show is so good. So good. Just so pure. I love it so much. Um okay. Anything else you'd like to leave with our listeners? Oh no, like register to vote or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. I mean do it. It's just like I just yeah yeah my is slowly dying i i had to text my sister-in-law and i was like please tell me that you're seeing a lot of biden support out in indiana because they live out in fort wayne and i was like because i'm in fucking trump country usa and i literally want to slit my wrists every time i leave my house (laughs) (laughs) like i'm so done with all of this she was like no she she said it's you know they see a lot of support out there and in the rest of the world that's not fucking pennsylvania okay well so i mean i see when i'm in like when i'm around the city i see yeah i mean it's very reassuring yeah even in greensburg i can see stuff oh yeah and i'm good like it's just like fucking where i'm at but seeing that all the time it takes a toll it truly fucking does i think that's my problem at the moment like fuck but yeah so please vote register to vote do all that happy horse shit thank you Yep, we are on social medias. Um, we don't ever yep. use Twitter, but it's Chardonnay DNA. The Instagram is Chardonnay and DNA. Facebook is Chardonnay and Sign DNA. Didn't feel froggy saying the ampersand today. Oh uh, no, it wasn't that kind of day. <laughs> um, Chardonnay and DNA at gmail.com, Chardonnay and DNA.com. We have a Patreon. Buy shit. Help yeah, buy, buy shit. Help us out. Um, I need to be better about pushing the Patreon. I'm not. I feel very awkward being like, hey, give us money. But hey, give us money. Um, That's exactly how I feel. But yes, also, please. <laughs> yeah, not not that like, you know, it'd just be nice to have some help to keep the cost of the show down. So um, check out the Patreon. Yes. Or co- we have a coffee too. I just never fucking post it anywhere. So, or buy a t shirt. Just buy a fucking t shirt, yeah, y'all. That's all we're asking. God. Super comfortable. Thanks, Nikki. Um, yeah. Thanks, Nikki. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's it. That is it. Eat glass. Bye. Bye.